0: You are listening to the Hope of Israel Baptist Broadcast with our radio host, Dr. K. Daniel Freed. Over the next few weeks, we will be listening to excerpts of powerful preaching and singing from our national conference, which always takes place the week before Memorial Day. We pray that these live recordings will be a blessing and a help to you as you seek truth and a closer walk with God in these days of uncertainty. And now, here is our broadcast for today.
1: And that's exactly what God's saying there in Deuteronomy 6. He's saying, listen, Israel, I want you to listen because you need to do exactly what I'm about to tell you. And he says, what's that? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, uh, listen, and and, and the word Ahavti is used there in Deuteronomy 6, 5, and and it's not in the, it's not in a command form. God's not going up saying, you've got to love me. HE'S NOT COMMANDING YOU TO LOVE HIM. THAT WORD IS YOU SHOWING THAT HE ASSUMES THAT THEY DO LOVE HIM. HE'S DECLARING THAT THEY DO LOVE HIM. HE'S SHOWING THEM, WHY WOULDN'T YOU LOVE ME? I MEAN, I JUST BROUGHT YOU OUT OF THE LAND OF EGYPT. I'VE FED YOU IN THE WILDERNESS. I'VE GRAVED YOU BREAD. I'VE PUT SHOES ON YOUR FEET FOR THE LAST 40 YEARS. I'VE TOOK CARE OF YOU. WHY WOULD THEY NOT LOVE HIM? And HE SAID, IF YOU LOVE ME, Do it with all your heart. Do it with all your soul. Do it with all your might. God's saying, listen, when you come into the land, I want to be first place in your life. There's no room for any other God. God said, matter of fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, as you continue to read, He said, lest you forget the Lord that brought thee out of the land. God said, I don't want you to get into the land and forget who I am. Unfortunately, that's what they did, as we see in the book of Jeremiah. But I'm telling you, listen, God expects you to have a sanctified heritage. He expects you to to teach your children to love God, to walk with God, to have a heart for God, a passion for God. I'm telling you, sanctified heritage. we got to be constantly on guard to keep our lives, our homes, our churches free from leaven. I'm telling you, I've never seen it in such a day as I've seen it. Preachers falling. Preachers' wives falling. I was telling our church, I was preaching at our church a few weeks ago, and I told them, I said, There's, we're living in a day we need to pray more now for our, for our pastor, and we need to pray for his family Because I'm telling you, I'm seeing it across this country so much. I'm seeing, listen, men are getting out of the ministry because their wives are hurt. Uh, They're wounded and and they want nothing to do with the ministry anymore. And I see people falling into sin and I see this happening and that happening. I'm telling you, it grieves my heart. You know what the Bible tells us? He warns us about this because he said, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lot. You know what he said? All it takes is just a little bit. All it takes is one day to drop your guard and let something come in. Click on the wrong side. Look at the wrong thing. Go to the wrong place. Uh, Listen, dropping your guard and all it takes is just a little leaven to creep in. And you know what, friend? Your ministry could be over. Your family could be over. I'm telling you, your children's life could be devastated and wrecked. All it takes is a little leaven. God said, you've got to be constantly on guard. Stop and take a look. Stop and do inventory. I'm telling you, God's saying, listen, if you're going to walk with me, I'm telling you, you got to get that living out. They may have stood in Egypt, but I'm telling you, listen, they were not of it. God called them out of it, and He expects His people uh, to live holy. I'm telling you, the cross a- detached me from the world. And I'm telling you, I need to keep my eyes focused on Christ, living for Him. And we find the Scriptures in chemetz. Because what's interesting is they go through and they take that, they take that wooden spoon and that white feather and they scoop up that they and they take it out and burn it. Boy, I'm telling you as I read over in the Gospel of John in chapter 2 when the Lord Jesus enters into that temple. He walks into that temple and He takes a scourge of those cords and He makes a whip out of it. And He goes through and you know what He's doing? He's getting eleven out of his father's house. He's cleaning out house. He's going through because the Bible says, and it was Passover. When Jesus went in, he walks into that temple. He's getting that leaven out, just like the Word of God said, getting all that leaven out of of the Father's house. He tells us in 1 Peter 1 and verse 15, he says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. I like how Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 6. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump as are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I'm telling you, listen, one of the most beautiful pictures is the Passover today. As they go through Passover and unleavened bread, they'll go through this ceremony, and they'll go through, and during that time, uh, when I first started going to Israel, it was one of the most miserable times for eating. Before I became a diabetic, I'm telling you, they have some of the most best pita bread in the world. Oh, it's like manna from heaven. Matter of fact, if you order a falafel, you go to a falafel shop, it's... Manna which is a, if you want it on a half of a pita. It's manna. That's what they call it. And I'm telling you, it's like, but it's good. Oh, it's so good. But during that week, you can't buy none of that manna. You can't buy none of that pita bread. All you can get is them stale old crackers. That's about it. It's just that matzah bread because no leaven was, is within it. I mean, no, uh, no leavened bread can you get. But I'm telling you, when you start looking at the symbolism of all that, oh, how beautiful it is. Because what they'll do is they'll go through and they'll take that matza bread. Here's a picture. Here's some of that matza bread that they'll use. This is kosher matzah. And they'll take that matzah bread and you can, they'll take it during the Passover Seder and they're going to go to a place where they'll, they'll, they'll bring out what they call a matzah tash. Now the matzah tash is, is a piece of material like this and it's got three different compartments within inside it. And they're going to take and they're going to put a piece of matza in every one of these sections. And during the Passover they're going to take and they're going to pull out a piece of this unleavened bread out of the middle section of that matzah tash. Now they're going to hold it up. The Father will hold it up in the air and He's going to break that matzah. He's going to take the matzah and He's going to take the larger piece. He's going to have a special Pesach towel like this one. He's going to take that matzah, that largest broken piece of matzah. He's going to take it and He's going to wrap it up in this white towel And then he's going to go and hide it. He's going to go hide it away. And they're going to go through the rest of the ceremony. It'll last a couple of hours. And at the end of that ceremony, they're going to come back. And they're going to let the kids try to find the, what they call the affakomen, the broken piece of matzah. I remember one time I was at a Passover Seder up in Baltimore at a, at a, a very large synagogue, and, and uh, the rabbi, he invites, he invites 30 people to this uh, Passover every year. Now they got a synagogue of 1,200 families, not people, but families, huge synagogue, but he invites 30 people and he pays for it all. It's like $100 a plate for this. It's really, really nice. And, uh, and he had to have a Gentile come and I was it. So, I was that stranger as you read about it in the book of Exodus. It was me and my wife. And so, I'm sitting in there and, and we're sitting next to the, uh, to the director of the FBI was sitting next to us. I mean there's a lot of big people in there. And I remember that Rabbi did something very special. When they hid that matzah, he had all the kids go around look for the matzah. And the one that finds the broken matzah, they get a reward. He actually would give them like $10 for finding the matzah. Some of those rewards can get very high. But then he did this. He hit it again. And he let every kid find that broken matzah. Every one of them got to find it. Every one of them got a reward because they searched for the afikoman. Now, when you go back and look at this, because what they'll do after they bring it back, uh, I mean, they'll come back rejoicing. Look, Abar, look, I found the afikoman. I found the broken matzah. And man, they're rejoicing. When you look at the picture of all this, because as you look at this matzah, you're going to notice, you can see the holes within it. You'll see the stripes on it. The Bible talks about he was wounded for our transgression. It talks about by his stripes in Isaiah 53 that we're healed. It talks about him piercing his hands and his feet. And then they take it and they lift it up in the air and they break it. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. But then you know what they do? Uh, They take it and put it in that white cloth. You know what they did as the Lord Jesus was crucified for you and I? They came and they took Him down off the cross and, and they took Him and wrapped Him in a clean white cloth. And they went, can I say, they went and hid Him away? to the end of the Passover. They went and stuck him in a tomb and hid him away. But you know what happens three days later? They came to the tomb and he wasn't there. I'm telling you, listen, and those that found him, you know what they find? Life. They find a reward. He said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I'm telling you, we had, I was telling you about that one Orthodox Jew that got saved in Finksburg. He came to a Passover demonstration we did. You ought to see David sitting there. Man, he's just a weeping. He said this at the end of that Passover, he said, You gotta be kidding me. He said, You mean we did this every year and I never saw this before? Yeah. You see what had happened? That picture has now become a reality yeah. to him. Yeah. That shadow has now passed. And he saw the reality of who Jesus was, and he was his Passover. I told you about that one guy that uh, that got saved. He was a president of a conservative synagogue. He told me this. He had emailed me when I got home, and he said, "He said, Pastor John. He said, I want to thank you for your time and patience and knowledge. He said, I've searched a long time on the claims of whether or not Jesus is our Messiah. He said, I'm glad to say that I know that He is my Messiah, and I know that my sins are forgiven and underneath the blood. And here's what he said: I'll never look." at the Aphecomen, in the same light. You know why? Because he saw the reality of the truth. That verse was quoted here today, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? I'm telling you, how are they going to hear unless you'll take the gospel to them? How are they going to hear unless somebody will take and open it up this? I remember sitting in a synagogue in Rockville, Maryland in a Torah study, I told, the, I told the rabbi when I walked in, I said, I'm a Baptist preacher and a pastor up the road here. And he says, hey, well, glad to have you. And all of a sudden the service started and he says, we got a Baptist preacher with us this morning. He said, John, he said, uh, good to have you here. He said, would you tell us why you want to come to Torah study? I said, sure, I'd be glad to. And so I stood up and I gave him a quick testimony. I said, when I got saved, God put a love in my heart for the Jewish people. Amen. So when I sat down, he said, thank you for coming. And uh, there was a former rabbi sitting there, been in the rabbinate for 50 years. He said, Rabbi, he said, can I ask our guest a question? He said, sure. He said, you said that when you got saved, that God put a love in your heart for the Jewish people. Amen. He said, would you explain to us what you mean by getting saved? And I looked at the rabbi, and he goes, go ahead. So, for 15 minutes, I got to explain what salvation was. But that rabbi come up to me, that, is, that former rabbi come up to me afterwards. And we got to talking. matter of fact, the next week I went back, he sat right next to me. And this is when we started talking about Passover. It was right at Passover. And I'm going through explaining this Passover to him. And he told me this, he said, I've been in the rabbinate for 50 years. He said, I've never heard anything like that. And he told me this, he said, can I add something to your point? I said, sure. He said, we teach that redemption is not complete until you eat the Afikomen. Yeah, amen.
0: Right.
1: Because they're gonna take that broken matzah and they're gonna dip it and they're gonna eat it. Yeah. And he said, redemption's not complete until you partake of it. Yeah. You see, you may see the picture, you may know the picture, yeah. but you've got to partake of it. Right. He is that bread. As it was already preached about earlier. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Right. And no man cometh unto the Father but by him. All this is a picture of Jesus Christ. And you know what? This truth is given to you and I.
0: What are we going to do with it? We would like to take this opportunity to invite you to the Hope of Israel National Conference, May 21st to the 24th. This year's conference will be held at the Zion Hill Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. This is truly one of a kind meeting as Bible-believing Baptists gather from around the country to stand with Israel. Mark your calendars now for this all-important conference on Israel, prophecy, and the end times. Once again, those dates are May the 21st to the 24th. For more information, you can go to the conference website, rapture.today. That is the word rapture, R-A-P-T-U-R-E, rapture.today.